Welcome to the In The Glory Podcast with Jerome Holder and Catherine Montano. This podcast is for anyone that wants a practical understanding of the Bible so that through God, they can move mountains, get on the path of light, and feel a joy unimaginable in their heart. And now, here are your hosts. All right, welcome to the In The Glory Podcast. And I'm your host, Jerome. And I'm your host, Catherine. And in this episode, we're going to talk about breaking addictions, all right? Mm. So sit down, grab a pen, grab a piece of paper, stop stop monkeying around, <laughs> all right? Because we're, we're about to go in. So let's first <laughs> dissect um, the word addiction. addiction. Yeah, yeah, see? read my mind so what does addiction mean addiction by definition we're using google out here it's a chronic dysfunction of the brain that involves reward motivation and memory so in essence it's about the way your body craves a substance or behavior especially if it causes a compulsive or obsessive pursuit of reward and lack of concern over consequences Ooh, consequences so bad bad right sometimes but here's the thing here's the thing when you can renew your mind which we're going to talk about you can have compulsions that lead to good consequences Mm. right because a consequence we use that word always as like a bad thing like you're gonna suffer the consequences yeah how about I'm rewarded by the consequences, mm, right? Yeah. So that's what we want. We want to be rewarded. So um, just to start, we're going to start with this scripture, which is pretty much related to, um, to addictions. So it is in the Bible, obviously. Where is it? Let me just try to find the scripture. Okay. All right. So it's uh sorry, 2 Corinthians 5 2 Corinthians 10 verse 4. So it says here, the weapons we fight with, all right? What we're fighting with, it's not weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. All right? So what is a stronghold? First of all, cuz if we know, if we um, if we want to be aware of what weapons we have and what they help with, we gotta first know what a stronghold is. So, by definition, a stronghold is basically like a, it's a fortress. So it's a mental fortress that is difficult to access. All right. So if you think about like in terms of um, a war, if somebody has a stronghold, it's a it's a defensive structure, okay? So in our minds, we set up strongholds through sinful activity, through fleshly lust. And what happens is in the beginning, it is, it's whatever, you know, you indulge the flesh a little bit, no big deal. But over time, it becomes a stronghold. And that's why you can become born again. You can give your life to Christ and still be struggling 
with sins you've been struggling with for 5, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 plus years. All right. So we need to cast those down. And Paul in this verse in Corinthians is saying that that's the, the weapons we have in the spirit give us the ability to do that. Weapons in the spirit. Mm. How many weapons do we have in our spirit when we don't have God? Many. Mm. When we don't have God? When we don't have God. How many weapons? Weapons as in negative weapons. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> not like fighting weapons. Yeah. No. Because those you don't get until you come to a place of purity with God. Mm. Then you have the weapons for... Uh, good use mm. as opposed to killing yourself. Wow. Right. hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah. So the, and like what Catherine was saying, the purification is key. Um, but obviously that's a process, right? So don't feel discouraged and be like, well, I'm not pure. So I guess I don't got no weapons. The weapons really are to make you pure. Because a lot of times we feel... Like, Catherine, you ever had an experience where, like, you were... You felt a desire coming on, like something sinful, and you felt like, yo, I have no power to avoid this. Like, I have to indulge. Mm, yeah. Mm. 100%. I have. And it almost feels like an uncontrollable feeling because you're so... Um, controlled by that stronghold mm. that it's now controlling you as opposed to you controlling it wow so that's a scary place to be in that's why we can't hold these strongholds for things that do, don't serve us or don't serve God because mm. then we will be controlled by them and not controlled by our own uh, spirit or even God no let's put it we have to be controlled by his spirit mm. to serve him. But if we're controlled by the flesh, that's where the confusion comes in. A hundred percent. Wow. The yeah. desires of the flesh. Mm. Right. Exactly. And we were reading this scripture um, beforehand. It says, make no provision for the flesh. Right. And that's, that's a fact. Provision means provide for. So you can provide for something by thinking about it. You can put money into something. You can put time into something. So God is saying, don't put your money, don't put your thoughts, don't put your time into any deeds of the flesh. Because what you give your time, your money, your attention to grows. It magnifies Right. God literally, when you look at how things work, how the brain operates, God literally set everything up so we can find him and be so conformed to him. So everything works properly. Mm. Right. Like every single product that you have in your house, I guarantee you it came with a manual. <laughs> like every even like the most wow. insignificant thing, it came with a manual, which means the product was finished. And the Bible is the manual for us because we're God's completed product, mm. right? Amen. So we need to be looking into the manual and seeing, okay, the Lord says, make no provision for the flesh. Okay, great. And when we abide by that, now we start dissolving these strongholds because the reason why addictions stay is because we provide provision for them. Mm. 
right? That's why it also says um, to deaden earthly desires. So let me find the, the scripture for you guys to read. So it's in Colossians 3, verse 5. Um, Catherine, what do I always say when there's like a good verse? This is one of my favorite verses. <laughs> <laughs> Said Jerome, every verse. Every, every, every verse. It's kind of like, you know what? There's pastors, though, that be like, this is the most important message I've ever taught. <laughs> like 10 times. 10 times. In the sermon. Yeah. Yeah. But all no, jokes. I get it, though. Like, there's. Every, every verse in the Bible, front to back, is amazing. Mm. So I get it. It's just a joke that we have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but, but no lie that this one is amazing. So it's Colossians <laughs> 3, verse 5. It says, when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. And then it says, put to death, therefore, the components of your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming on the sons of of disobedience. So God wouldn't have put that in the Bible if it wasn't if we weren't capable of killing the flesh so putting to death the earthly nature the base nature listen even Buddha Buddha Confucius Socrates who else is there uh, Marcus uh, Aurelius and all of these dudes know that the earthly nature has no good thing in it all right but man like Jesus came through and he clarified that and he said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. So Jesus is like, listen, because a lot of these teachings were in the world before Jesus even actually came. Like Marcus Aurelius, Buddha, these guys were around before Jesus and they spoke about the flesh and the, the earthly based nature. But Jesus came now and he's telling you why you need to deaden it because that's going to allow you to inherit the kingdom of God. It's going to allow you to experience eternal life. So it ain't worth it. Addictions are not worth it. Get it. We want to get addicted to Jesus. Amen. We do. Everything else, every other addiction that we may have is not going to serve us at all. No. Sorry, I'm just trying to find... Ah, I'm so mad. Oh no! Come on, you you're angry. The Bible says, "Put away anger." Don't be mad. Uh, oh man, she catering to her flesh right now. <laughs> I found a verse and then I lost it. Uh oh. Because I didn't highlight it. It's okay. So. It's I'm, okay. It's all good. Um, but yeah, so. It's a, it's a serious thing. And just going back to our last episode on the subconscious, you can still find it. Are you still going to look for it? Hmm? Are you still going to look for it? I know it's... Uh, I'll look for it. All right. Um, yeah, find that. You'll find it. Um, let's pray that Catherine finds <laughs> the verse. <laughs> um, okay. I was like, no, I don't, now I lost my train of thought. Uh, oh, yeah. So I was saying that 
is obviously easier said than done. It's, it's not like something that happens overnight. It's a process because our subconscious, like we were saying in the last episode, it it's the language of feeling or, or the subconscious is what causes our feelings, what causes our emotions, what causes our compulsions and feelings and thoughts and like emotions dictate how we act. So you could, with your conscious mind, say, you know what? Oh man, I'm gonna lo- I love Jesus. I know he saved me, all this stuff. But the 95% of you in the subconscious is filled with the feelings and the compulsions. Mm-hmm. So it becomes harder to actually carry out God's will. That's why he's so adamant on putting to death the flesh, no matter what. Mm-hmm. No matter what. That, like The whole point of rehabilitation clinics, if you're addicted to alcohol, if you're addicted to drugs is so you can, so there's no access to drugs wow. so they can deaden the flesh. They put people in those rehab clinics because it doesn't allow them to make provision for yes. the flesh. They're not able to buy the drugs. They're not able to buy the alcohol because they're in a secluded space for a certain period of time. Yes. And that's why I think it's so powerful when you can isolate yourself from the world mm. and just be with God himself. Right. Those times, I know that certain people do it. Um, yeah, some people do it for a couple months and they come out of it and they're like, they feel changed. And that's because, again, they weren't giving attention to either addictions of the flesh or things of the world, whether it be social media, uh, drugs, alcohol, whatever it is that you're addiction is you no longer your eyes are no longer set on that because you're so isolated with god Mm. that's all you can see hear and feel right? right wow wow yes exactly so you're making and like the bible says um the the life of the spirit or those who sow to the to the to the flesh reap corruption but those who sow to the spirit reap um heart peace so we have to make the decision like what do you want to experience because life the proverbs 4 says 4 verse 23 says guard your heart above all else for it determines the course of your life so life is nothing more than a projection of your heart Mm -hmm. point blank period so i'm gonna go over with you guys was there a scripture you wanted to Hmm? Is there another scripture you want to? Um, you can go. No, no, go ahead. Go on. <laughs> no, I was just gonna say that in the Bible, God constantly says that the flesh is so weak. Mm. And so, in Mark fourteen verse thirty-eight, He says, "Keep awake and watch and pray constantly, that you may not enter into temptation. Mm. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak." So the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Right. So really um, think about those words. Mm-hmm. Now, let's look at, let's do what Jerome does. Let's do what Jerome does. Let's look at the word temptation. Let's look at it. Actually, I had that. In the, thing. the desire to do something, especially something wrong or unwise. Hmm. Mm. I don't really like that because sometimes you can have a temptation for something good. I don't know. But <laughs> I've never used that word for something good. Like, I'm tempted to go read the Bible. Like, you just read it. Okay. Whatever. Um, <laughs> I'm just saying. 
Yeah, it's true though. It's it's usually um, I was just trying to be positive, I guess. But ooh, yeah, I was just ooh, trying to be. Ooh, that crushed me. <laughs> no, no, no. I, it's it is used mainly for negative things though. So do not be tempted by the things of the flesh. Instead, be tempted by the things of the spirit. Mm, yes, indulge in it, like. The Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. He wants you to taste him. Mm-hmm. He wants you to taste him. Um, so just to kind of, you know, obviously I, do, I don't want us to come across ever as like holier than thou uh, in any way, shape or form. You know, like yeah. even doing this Bible study is actually a way to help us mm-hmm. build spiritually, you know, um, and, and, at, but at the same time, be able to serve you the listening cause we love you. All right. Yes, we do. Yeah. So just to kind of be transparent about my own struggles, like I used to have compulsions for quite a bit of things, you know, um, weed, porn, sex, um, man, the list, <laughs> even alcohol. Actually, there was a point in time I remember where I had a compulsion for alcohol and I had this job. This was when I was like 20, 20, I was 20. And I would literally like have a bottle of Ciroc and drink it like before lunch or sorry, after at lunchtime before I go to work. That's crazy. It is crazy because like, it's like my mind couldn't even like, I couldn't even function properly sober. Like, and then weed. Oh man. I remember literally having a conversation with myself saying yo i'm gonna die high like because that's how often i was just like just ripped out of my mind um and and even though i hated it i hated drinking i hated smoking i would still do it Mm -hmm. right and the reason why is because the emotions that you feel lead to the compulsion to do it and these these were the easier habits to give up. Don't get me started on like pornography and sex. Those, even like, you know, sex is a process. So at least with that, you know, you, it, it's, it's you, there's, it takes two to tangle, right? <laughs> <laughs> so with that, there's obviously some um, limitations, but pornography is something accessible to any and everybody, everywhere, anytime, right? And I found that, if something didn't go my way, okay, pornography, you know, if um, even that, heck, there's situations where I would be, things would be going all right, great, if things would be going great, I'd be like, okay, let's celebrate Pornhub, you know, um, and I can tell you guys this, like, with, a, with my head held high, because I don't do any of these things anymore. But there were things that had a grip on me for years and years because the friends that I had, you know, we all did it. You know what I mean? It wasn't like a secret before that everyone we were like sharing videos with each other. Like, yo, you got to you got to check this clip, bro. Go to minute five. Thank me later. Like that was like a normal thing. But things all changed when it no longer was something that was funny or something that was shareable it became like a dark Mm -hmm. dark secret and something that was like low-key but also became something that i was providing i was giving provision to so 
you know, I would maybe miss work a little bit. Maybe I'd be a little bit late for work. Maybe after lunch, I'll be a little late. So, mm. yeah, you know, starting doing it in relationships, right? There's problems with communication. Yeah. There's, you know, getting angry quickly. Like, things of that nature start to manifest. And then you want to stop. But you can't stop. It's hard to stop because the emotions tied to the habit, tied to the addiction are so strong. Mm. That's why it's a stronghold, right? So one of the key scriptures that I've used in order to um, get over these issues was Philippians 4 verse 8. Um, It says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Yes. Right. Think about uh, where you want to be. Think about yourself after the addiction. Mm. Think about yourself where you're going to be mentally, spiritually, emotionally. Uh, even financially, think about where you're going to be when you let go of that addiction. Because when when we're under an addiction, um, it can hold us back in our relationships, but also financially as well. Facts. Because it's now a part of your life. Mm. Right? So, again, um, I know that there's people out there, for example, smoke cigarettes mm. every time for their lunch break or every, I don't know hour they go out for a smoke break that time you can be using to meditate on god's word and just spend time with him yeah exactly that there's nothing like being in the presence of the lord like he will just make you feel like all your cares and all your worries have been casted on him doesn't mean they're gonna go but you're gonna feel like there's somebody because there will be somebody literally taking all of your burdens. Mm-hmm. Feel that warmth when you're in that presence. Yes. You'll feel like that spiritual hug, like you are home. You mm-hmm. are where you belong. Yeah, 100%. I mean, another thing you could do um, is sit down and start start using your imagination, you know, for a better a better you, a better life because uh, the biggest issue with a lot of believers is we don't use our imagination. We think that it's like childlike. We think it, we, we confuse it with like fantasy, which by definition, fantasy is like, um, like pie in the sky thought, like, you know, things that are never going to actually happen. That's fantasy. But imagination really is just, is real. It's, 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 a, it's, it's, you, it's, it's necessary in order to create a new life. Yeah. Right. And we look at Genesis 12, it says in, in, um, in the story of Babel that nothing in which they have imagined to do, meaning the people that were building the tower, they said, it said the people are one and now nothing in which they have imagined to do will be restrained from them. So God literally, literally had to confuse the languages because their imaginations were powerful. There's another scripture that actually says um, that, and 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 this is gonna be something a lot of people might get annoyed at, because um, we think we can't put limits on God, right? We think God, he, you know, he, he'll do everything and whatever. 
But the Bible says in Psalm 78, 41, that again and again, they limited the Holy One of Israel. And how did they limit him? Because they did not they did not imagine for something better. They did not have faith for something better, right? So you limit God by not believing, not having faith, not imagining a better circumstance mm-hmm. because he He can't help you if, you know, people say the whole adage, um, God helps those who help themselves. That's not true, um, but God can only help you in accordance to what you have faith for. So that's why we have to get out of our addictions. The Bible says to keep every thought captive and bring it to the obedience of Christ. It says we have weapons, not against flesh or blood, but for the the pulling down of strongholds. So we got to pull those strongholds down, get rid of the addiction so we can see clear and walk into a better future. And I think one of the key parts, like you said, to getting out of that addiction is actually imagining where you are going to be after the addiction, Mm. imagining your life, imagining how your habits have changed, imagining that life will help you to achieve it so much better because you can envision that, Mm. right? It's almost like a goal that you might have, like your body goal or your career goals when you imagine that it's much more attainable because you can see it right exactly so you're lit with you're good with the nails right (laughs) you lit with that did you just randomly just start doing it or did you imagine yourself doing it first no i imagined myself doing it first and i always imagine where it can take off where it's gonna be um two, three years from now. I envision myself, my career, everything. I always envision that. Mm. And I know that if I keep envisioning that, it will break, um, it will break like that barrier between not getting there and getting there. Mm. Does that make sense? Like it's, cause sometimes you can envision things and you're like, that's not attainable for me. But when you envision yourself with Christ and you're constantly meditating on his word, you're thinking nothing I nothing is unattainable to me. Because right. God has given me this imagination where I can see something much more greater than what I might feel right now is attainable. Wow. Wow. Yo. She put in tears into my eyes, man. That was so powerful. Jeez, yeah. No, for real. You can... When you can see greater than you feel, it's like... Wow. You, you Yeah, you literally can do anything. And that's the biggest um, roadblock, right? Because it sounds easy, but we're going to be the first to tell you it's hard to do that. Yes. Right? So I think understanding that it's hard... Because I think when tasks are so simple, but are actually like the concepts are simple, but they're hard to carry out. We get mad and think like, oh, this is stupid. Right. Mm. But understand that, yes, it is simple, but it is not easy, but it is simple. And we have to trust. That's why that's why God wants us to trust him so much. And Mm -hmm. and, you know, we're going to actually do a series talking about the new age and how deceptive. The, the deceptive it is and be and one of the reasons why it's so deceptive 
is because it doesn't teach you how to have a relationship with the God that wants you um, to come to him for everything. That wants him, that wants you to be in fellowship with him constantly and talk about your problems and weep and and mourn and and cheer and, and all of those things. Like God wants us to come to him about everything, right? And new age kind of stops that. But we're going to go more in depth about that on a later time. But needless to say, go to God, rest in him. He'll make it easier and easier for you to imagine, get into his word perpetually. Your, our imaginations are crucial because they're literally what allows us to create. We create from our imaginations. So if you see yourself sick, guess what? No matter how bad you want to be healed, you'll be sick because you see yourself sick. If you want to, if you want financial success, but you see yourself in lack and poverty, doesn't matter how much you want it. You see yourself poor. You see yourself addicted. You see yourself in this state. So you got to see yourself healed. You got to. Catherine said it. Great. You have to be able to see what life will be like at the other end of the addiction. Mm-hmm. Study people. Right. We got all of this, all these resources, you know, in Genesis, it actually talks about man having dominion over all the resources on the planet. We have so many more resources now that we can utilize to better our lives. One of them going on YouTube, go read testimonies of people who have um, been saved, delivered from certain addictions or the, the one that you have. Go li- listen to a hundred videos if you need to. Maybe every day you need to watch a video of someone that was addicted to what you're addicted to, but got freed to give you hope, to give you an imagination. They're going to tell you something. I'm sorry, not give you imagination, but stimulate your imagination because they might say something that you can relate to. And you're like, wow, yeah, I am struggling in this area. They actually got freed from that problem because of giving that up, giving up the, the cigarettes, giving up the, the drugs, giving up the porn, giving up the drinking, giving up the prostitutes, right? Mm. Like people have been freed and have had another life that was so much better afterwards. So study, 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 yes. study these people. Yes, study the people, study um, specifically what testimonies could be powerful to you. Sometimes it's about listening specifically on what their problem is and creating like that rea- uh, reassurance reassurance but no reliability oh. i don't know if that's, that's why you, that's why you don't call people off i learned my <laughs> lesson i would just fade in the backdrop for a little bit <laughs> um but you know what one thing that i have realized is that the scariest part about an addiction is that it seems right mm. in that time it seems it seems like you're doing the right thing. And that's how you know Satan has so much power over your mind. Mm. Because in that moment, you're like, no, this alcohol is doing me good. It's freeing me from my thoughts. Or, you know, this weed is taking uh, my anxiety away. And it's, you know, <laughs> it's, you know it yeah. seems um, like a good thing. Mm. Right? And it's creating that... you. You have to step out of yourself and your own mind in order to realize and see from another lens. 
mm. and see, is, is this okay? Is this serving God? Is this something that God would want me to do? Is this something that if I were to seek him, would he say, yes, you're doing the right thing? Right. Or would it be the complete opposite? So look at it from another perspective. Is, is this something that um, maybe one of your family members was doing? Would you be okay with it? Mm. Look at it from another perspective to just, Take it, take take yourself out of the equation and Ooh. look at it from the outside in. Oh my gosh, yeah, that's so good. And that is why having like mentorship, accountability, coaches, mm-hmm. you know, accountability partners, whatever, apps, <laughs> accountability apps, whatever you need, like, yo, put that in place because it will serve you well and it'll put things into perspective because we could be so close to the situation that we don't realize how bad it is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, do you think that that's why people smoke cigarettes despite how stinky they are because they're so close to the situation they don't realize how bad it reeks. Yeah. Like, I look at some people and I'm like, how can you even be comfortable in your own skin, fam? Right? Like, but... You and you understand the concept of you can be too close to the situation and not even see your issues, mm-hmm. then you'll understand why that is possible. And like going back to Catherine, what Catherine said, the amazing Catherine. Um, the Bible says in Proverbs fourteen verse twelve, there is a way that seems right to a man. Okay, there is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. So, yeah, you'll end up in a ditch. And this is why imagination is so important because, oh, the Holy Ghost giving me something. Because think about, yeah, think about when you're driving and you set GPS coordinates to go to a certain place, right? Okay, so you punch in the address. Let's say you're traveling a two-hour Away, right? You see, okay, I gotta turn left here, turn right here, whatever. But then you make a wrong turn. Guess what? The GPS takes you back on route. So when you have an imagination that you're constantly cultivating, it creates a vision so you know what the route is. Mm-hmm. Most people don't have a vision, so any old road will, will do. Right. It don't matter what you do because you don't have a vision. But the moment you have a vision is the moment when you go off course. God brings you back on course and God is more powerful than a GPS. If a GPS can take you off course, no matter how far off course you are, then imagine God. Mm. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Yes. He has to close his eyes for that one. That was good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Gave it to us. Um, Another thing that I would definitely say can really help with with addiction is um, or let's let the Jerome. The Jerome? Jerome. The Jerome. You're making it sound like I'm a species. (laughs) The Jerome. Like we're in a zoo apparently. The, let the wild Jerome speak. <laughs> Damn, bruh. No, let Jerome. First you call me a monkey, <laughs> now you're like... <laughs> Damn. I did not <laughs> this is the type. This is the type of stuff that happens here. It's crazy. No, I did not call him a monkey. <laughs> Anyways. Um, addiction and stronghold 
can come together. Mm. So to you, Jerome, what does a stronghold mean? Oh, it's just... Because I want to touch on that. Okay, so I know we touched on it earlier in the first part, but it's basically just like a mental... It's a, it's a strong tower, so it's a fortress. So in this sense, it's a mental disposition that's hard to break. Mm-hmm. That's what I think about. Yes. Perfect. And I would say that when it comes to an addiction, it's breaking that spiritual tie to whatever your addiction is before the addiction itself. Because when you break that spiritual side to the spiritual addiction that you may have, because everything is internal, although we we think it's all no, sometimes it's an external force. No, everything is coming from your inner being. Everything is coming from your heart. Everything is coming from your subconscious. It's you're feeding your flesh. You're feeding what your flesh wants so badly. So you have to deal with the internal side of things, which is a spiritual uh, stronghold that you may have to that addiction. Mm. It's breaking that tie. That's what's going to keep you from rolling back into it. Because a lot of the times you may break an addiction, quote unquote, you may break it. But then you f- you find yourself going back to it. Why? Mm. Because you never broke that spiritual tie to that addiction. Mm. Right? Yeah. That's, that's what you have. That's the main thing you have to break. Right. Once you break that spiritual tie, you no longer have anything tied to that addiction. Exactly. Right. So you got to break it. You got to clean up your house. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like she said, break the tie. Sounded like you said tide, so um, I thought about tide to the detergent. So we gotta. <laughs> Jesus is the tide, all right. He's the tide that's gonna literally like clean everything out of your hard drive, you know. And it's interesting. It's funny you said that because I was watching this video from the late great Miles Monroe, and he was talking about the subconscious, and he had mentioned he's like he's like we've become so spiritually spooky, we've invented demons that aren't even there. Mm. <laughs> Wow. right he's like we become so spooky we're not realizing where the real battle is and it's just in the mind it's in the heart it's in the subconscious it's in the programming that we've programmed ourselves uh, or rather it's in the in the way we've programmed ourselves over periods of time right so anyways guys i hope this was helpful um i'm just gonna also give like a a bonus uh, tip, just something that has really helped me the most. It's more, well, we've pretty much covered everything, but what I would say has helped me the most is what I call um, thought capturing. And that's where anytime you have a, a disagreeable thought, you consciously are like, nope, no matter what, because realize this. We've been so used to disagreeable thoughts that they feel good. Mm. That's unfortunate. That's why we like to linger on them. But be a thought capture. Be like, no, 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 this is not it. I'm capturing this. Because trust me, there was a point in time where I had so much thoughts that were negative and degrading and just the images, man. The images, oh, they're just awful. Now it's just peace. And that's all we want, right? Peace of mind. Peace of mind. And, and the Bible says, and it's possible. Anything that's in the Bible, and like, 
Catherine's so great because she said when she reads the Bible, like it expands her imagination and what's possible, yeah. right? So if it's in the Bible, if it's in the word of God, it is possible. Yes. You have the power, right? And Peter, for Second Peter 1, verse 2, um, where is it? Sorry, no, no, no. That's not the verse. Uh, where is it? Oh, it's actually in James. That's crazy. In James. I'm trying to find this scripture. Uh, I know it. I know it exists. All right, boom, found it. All right, so it's in. It's in the Bible. There we go. Okay, so it says in 2 Peter 1, verse 2, 3, May God's grace and peace, which is perfect well-being, all necessary good, all spiritual prosperity, and freedom from fears and agitating passions and moral conflicts be multiplied to you in the full, personal, precise, and correct knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. For his divine power has bestowed upon us all things that are requisite and suited to life. Okay, so we got two things. Suited to life and godliness. Through the full personal knowledge of him who called us by and to his own glory and excellence. So we have everything we need, but we got to know something. We got it. The Bible also says, my people perish for lack of knowledge. So we got to know something. We got to know who we are in Christ. You got to know who you are. If you're a millionaire, billionaire, successful, maybe you're someone that's well-desired, but you get amnesia, you don't remember. You don't know who you are. All of that stuff means nothing because you got amnesia. We have fallen into a trap of spiritual amnesia. And we got to get back. We got to get into the word. We got to remember who we are. That's why the Bible says that Jesus came to bring the lost sheep because we were we were we were brought astray. And Jesus's sacrifice brought us back. He is his his dying on the cross brought us peace with the father. So once we can know who we are is over. God's going to just flow through. He's going to do wonders. He's going to use you in ways you did not think was possible. You're a drug addict today. Guess what? God is going to use that. He's going to use you as a vessel to change nations. All right. Yes. You struggling with alcohol. God's going to use you. A mm. There's going to be no AAAU meetings because of you, because you're going to bring people to the savior. The one who, who made the people that created AAU meetings. Yes. You're struggling with porn today. Guess what? God is going to free you from that, put you into a godly marriage, and people are going to be so inspired by the change that they're going to be like midway through a video and they're going to be like, oh, man, you know what, man? Yo, yo, Frederick, the way this man changed his life. I'm, yeah, nah, I'm done. I'm done. I'm giving my life to the Lord. The Bible says that a wise man saves souls. So this should be our mission. This should be our focus isolate get in the prayer closet get in the word focus up know who you are all right amen amen
Man, you really gave it to us. You really did. <laughs> it's the Holy Everybody, Ghost. Everybody, round of applause. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Holy Ghost. Holy One Ghost. more verse I just want to leave this, um, end this off with is in Romans 8, verse 27. It says, And he who searches the hearts of men knows what is in the mind of the Holy Spirit, what his intent is, because the Spirit intercedes and pleads before God mm. in behalf of the saints according to and in the harmony with God's will. Mm. So he will search your heart. He will draw it out. He will draw any addiction that we have. Yes. We just got to believe, keep having faith, keep uh, worshiping him, keep talking to him to draw out that addiction. Talk to him um, about it and, and he will search you and he will clean you. He will purify your heart. Amen. It's all possible with him. For it's sure. all possible with God. Whew, isn't he good? Isn't he good? Amazing. Isn't he good? Well, um, my decree for you guys today is that you guys all focus on learning about who you are in Christ. Spend your days doing that. Whatever you got to do, clear your schedule out, cancel your appointments. Um, this is this is life and death, right? So yes. uh, we got to make sure that we really press in. Love y'all. Yes. Thank you for tuning in.